boxes to the village earlier that day. Pook slept lightly, his guard dog sense keeping him half awake, even though his moth sense had told him to close his eyes as soon as the lights were out. A cool night breeze brushed over the tired good fairies that slept in Yora's leaves. The gentle flower fairies, the clumsy Kootenstupids, and the mischievous Pickens rooters. The great forest was peaceful that night. No one dreamt the dark fairies, the darklings, the evil destructive malcontents who caused pestilence and disease would soon leave their black cave again. The darklings had not ventured out for almost a year since Zack and the brave Pook had destroyed their leader. None of the peaceful sleepers could know, far away, deep in the grotto, a new leader was emerging to unleash the darklings into the great forest. The sleepers couldn't know they would be forced to leave the great forest. They couldn't know all the good fairies would soon die. Nor could they anticipate how the new evil darkling leader and the celestial dance of the sun and the moon with the earth would cause all these things to happen. Everyone slept peacefully as the celestial spheres began their inevitable alignment. The earth almost directly between the sun and the moon. The shadow of the earth, now just touching the edge of the moon, soon would cover the lunar orb. This would be the first of three eclipses to occur over the great forest. As the inhabitants of the great forest slept, the first eclipse, the alignment of sun, moon, and earth, the syzygy, had begun. Chapter One, The First Eclipse, The Moon Disappears. During the tranquil night, Dragonfly, the air group leader for the forest creatures, patrolled the great forest as he did every night, watching the mouth of the cave where the darklings lived. The mountain containing the cave had recovered from the blight that had infected it a year ago and was once again the most beautiful part of the great forest. Dragonfly soared in the cool night air over the clear stream that spilled from the cave's mouth and splashed down the lush mountain, trickling over moss-covered limestone rocks. Dragonfly was pleased to see that the evil dark fairies were still afraid to venture out of the cave. They hadn't left their cramped quarters for a year since Pook almost died destroying their leader. He could see hundreds of darklings holding fiery torches crammed into the mouth of the cave so tightly that the mass of foul bodies moved in ripples like a single living organism. If the darklings remained there, the other inhabitants of the great forest would be free from the diseases, pestilence, and destruction they caused. Dragonfly also watched a red-gray shadow spreading across the face of the moon making it seem to disappear. Despite the unusual lunar event tonight, all seemed well to Dragonfly. 
Chapter 2, The Alchemist Dar. In the packed black hole of malcontents near the cave mouth, swaying with the dark mass of bodies, staring out at the shadow growing on the moon, stood Dar, the last of the Malik Hess darklings. The Malik Hest, an order of especially vile darklings, spilled chemicals and potions, causing all manner of destruction. They studied to be alchemists. They experimented with acids and chemicals in vain attempts to transmute lead to gold and change the ordinary into the extraordinary. They were also direct descendants of the Hest, as were good fairies, elves, and other darklings. Yet they wanted more than the other fairies. They wanted to be as powerful as the Hest, who once cared for the great forest. The Malik Hest were also taller than most dark fairies, and arguably more intelligent. They rarely flew, since their brittle wings usually broke early in life and they frequently befriended pale drophidians, transparent serpents which looked fierce, but were in fact as light as air to carry them through the sky. Like all dark fairies, the Malachest chose a life of evil against all the other inhabitants of the great forest. They especially hated the good fairies and coveted the fairy rings of eternal life that hung from the good fairies' necks under their garments. With the start of the three syzygies, Dar would soon fulfill his alchemist training to defeat the good fairies and claim their rings. <laughs> Dar, see syzygy. Syzygy, see Dar. He said, repeating his thoughts backward, as was the custom of the Malachest. Dar knows secret. Secret knows Dar. Secret book. Book, secret, book of dark spells. <laughs> spells, dark of book. The book had been stolen by the evil Malik Hest from the last Hest, Keem Rethdast, when the book was known as the Book of Light Spells. The Malik Hest wanted the book to create their own fairy rings of eternal life. They ripped the book apart for its secrets and changed the book for their vile purposes into the Book of Dark Spells. But they never succeeded in understanding the ancient Hest language and many of the mysteries hidden in the book by the Hest. Now the book lay deep in the cave, past where any other darkling ventured. Dar snatched a lit torch from a smaller darkling and pushed his way through the packed crowd deeper into the cave. He shuffled stiffly on his stubby legs as if they were table legs. His brittle, tattered, broken wings, unsuitable for flying, twitched, revealing his glee. He elbowed his way through the mass of bodies, climbing and crawling over them when there was no other way through, traveling deeper into the cave, into parts where only he and his Malik Hest teachers had been. Dar knows about three eclipses. Eclipses three about knows Dar. He mumbled as he plodded down the dark cave path. Dar get book of dark spells. Spells dark of book get Dar. It was the time of the syzygies. 
the first of three consecutive eclipses, the time Dar had been trained for in his youth. Now, during the first eclipse, he would cast a powerful spell in the book to release the dark fairies from the cave. With the next eclipse, he would destroy the crops and food, forcing the humans to leave the forest. With the third eclipse, he would cast the final spell to kill the good fairies and get their rings for the darklings. <laughs> it is time. Time is it. Dar entered a narrow, descending passage. He slid down the damp tunnel, almost losing his grip on the torch, to the lowest level in the cave, deep under the mountain. The tunnel exited into a large, vaulted chamber with tall columns of water-carved limestone. The stone columns seemed to dance in the light from his flickering torch, looking like graceful blue and pink waterfalls spilling from dark shadows above him. At the far end of the chamber, he squeezed through a winding path cut through the limestone walls. After several feet, the path ended at a pool of water, an apparent dead end. I knows about room. <laughs> room about nose dark. He mumbled as he wedged the torch into a small crevice. Secret room. Room. Secret. <laughs> he slipped into the water, unconcerned with the pitch blackness of the liquid. Hold his breath. Breath his all. He said anxiously to himself as he sank beneath the surface. Then, as he had done long ago, he felt his way along the underwater wall and exited to a new chamber through a hole below the surface, entering a hidden room, the alchemist.